And we're back on Steelers Touch Down Under. I'm Matt Perrible, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mark Davison. Mark, that was a big part one. Are you ready for part two, where we preview this week's game? Yeah, I certainly am, but it's still bloody hot. <laughs> it is. It's actually <laughs> dying up a notch. I'm starting to feel a bit of the sweat. Right, this is, okay, everyone around the world, this is what happens in Australia. Like, around this time, like, you know, everyone always says to me, how do you have Christmas when it's summer? You know, like, we just do it. Like, we just have barbecues and we, we stay at home. We have, um, you know, ham and maybe some chicken and stuff like that. But it's just hot from now from now on to Christmas when you guys get all the snow coming in. Um, it's just really hot. And, like, I'm on the coast here an hour, hour away from Sydney and along the beaches. Like I said, it's hot until about three or four and a massive storm comes through, which is awesome. Like, where I live now, I can actually, I can actually hear the beach uh, at night when I sleep, which I'm about two k's away. Unless I'm hearing things in my head, but who knows? Um, yeah, it's, it's all—it's awesome times. It's awesome I'm times hearing things, and it's Steelers are gonna make the Super Bowl. <laughs> I know they're crazy. Is it like let's like far out, like nine and zero, and we're versing the Jags or one and eight? Come on! Well, and Mark, it's actually fifty-six percent humidity now. I reckon it's gone up about fifteen, twenty percent since we started recording. And I—I I kid you not, I'm starting to feel the sweat. So. Steelers fans out there all over the world, Sydney and, and lots of parts of Australia, because of like where it sits on the tropics and what have you, we get a lot of humidity in summer. So quite fitting, really, I guess, with the way Florida works as well for this week's game with Jacksonville. Yeah, definitely. But definitely feeling the humidity here. As we say, it's about 85 Fahrenheit, you know, 56% humidity. So you can feel like it's getting pretty muggy. And as Mark says, we're asking for the cool storm, but I'm fingers crossed that it doesn't uh, interrupt the podcast. The best time, Matty, is when it's like super, super hot. Like when it's like you're 100, I guess, like near that area. Yeah. And you've been at work all day or you've been at the club all day having a few scooters. And then you get out, get up to your car. You jump in your car and the seatbelt's like red hot. You ever tried all the steering wheels are like red hot? You ever tried driving home when the seatbelt is like on fire? And like it's just like an Aussie thing we have to do. Like, that is, it's, it's yeah. funny, it's so funny you say that, Mark. We were at our local mall um, a couple of hours ago before we were on the podcast, and my fiance literally, she works with a woman from Wales, and she put her hands on the steering wheel to, like, drive it and been out in the hot sun. She literally said that. She's like, so, she said, so funny, my colleague at work, and you didn't have to deal with a hot steering wheel until she, like, came to Australia. It's exactly that, mate. Like, yeah, it's getting that weather. You just deal with it, but it's like, it's just super hot. And you have to drive. Like, you're not going to sit in your car because it's fuming. You're not going to sit there and be like, oh, I'm going to wait for the steering wheel to calm down. You get in there and you, your hands are burning and then your seatbelt's burning. You're like, okay, here we are. This is what it is. Yeah, that's it. You know what else is burning? Burning red hot. The Steelers in 2020. <laughs> this week's game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay, let's call, let's call a spade a spade. The Jacksonville Jaguars are one and eight. Right now, we talked a little bit earlier in the show around the title of this week's show, which is really around how the Steelers' opponents this year tend to be falling into a trap that the Steelers are capitalizing on. When you look at the Jaguars this season, <laughs> they're falling into a lot of traps purely when you look at that one and eight record. I mean, look, and they haven't had to play. It was quite interesting when I started to go through their record because. They've played some pretty average teams. They've had a couple of decent games, but like to date, they've played the Colts, the Titans. Obviously, you know, the Titans are a tough team. Colts aren't too bad either. They lost to the Dolphins back in week three before the Dolphins went on their tour run. 
They've lost to the Cincinnati Bengals. They've lost twice now to the Texans. They've lost to the Detroit Lions. They've lost to the Chargers, you know, and they've now lost to Green Bay after last week. Equally, they've lost by four points. So the Jacksonville Jaguars are falling into lots of different traps. Mm. But Mark, where do you see the Steelers particularly capitalising this week on a average, at best, Jaguars team? Just turn it up. <laughs> am, I allowed to say, am I allowed to say that? Sure. Am I too gun ho about this? Like, uh, this is a very similar game to last week with um, Cincinnati Bengals rookie quarterback. We've got, uh, what's his name? Jake Luton. Um, yeah. Six round draft pick. Yes, they're playing at home in, in Jag Stadium in Duval. Um, but the Steelers have great fans down there. Terrible towel comes out. I don't... I, maybe when we play the Ravens again, I might have a different opinion, but this game, yet again, I just don't see Jake Luton, 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 scoring points. Like, let's be honest. Like, what... Okay, how many... This might give away your prediction, but how many points do you think he, he has has in him against his defense? So yeah, it's two <laughs> touchdowns. It's two touchdowns max. Two? Um, Max. I said Max. I said oh. Max. I said, like, it's a ceiling of two. Oh, okay. That's a pretty high ceiling. I don't know about two. I'm thinking maybe just the one, maybe. I'm not, I, I, I'm not predicting. I'm just, you said how many is he got yeah. in him. I'm saying two. On a Fair good enough. day, he's got two. He's got two. I, yeah, I just don't see how he can orchestrate this offense with a lot of young players. He has a good running game with uh, Robinson, for sure, the rookie. Playing fantastic. He's playing fantastic football. He's he's a a good player that way. Great football and doing what, you know, rookie running back studs can do, which, you know, get four or five yards of carry and do big plays. And that might be the key to beat the Steelers and have a chance. But I don't see how Luton has different ideas for the offense and how he's going to project himself a win. Like, it's going to take a miracle, I think, for him to outperform the Steelers' defense. Like that's that Steelers front now being nine and zero, even though the NFL's not talking about us, has such a great impact on the on the quarterback. They'd really have to bring up some game plan where they beat them every quarter, not just the first half, because the Steelers will figure it out and they'll come back because Big Ben will come back. So there's a reason that they're one and eight, and I'd be very shocked. I, I, I similar thing as last week. I don't think it's a trap game. I'd Trap games to me are like a team's like four and five and something like that. Like the Bears, if the Bears beat you, yeah, like, yeesh, those Bears are horrible. So if they were to beat you, um, the Jags, are, you know, we know who they are. But you know the best thing if if the Jags do beat the Steelers, Mark, all the media will have to talk about Steelers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be negative negative press on us and be like, it'll be hey, it'll be back where they all want it. Oh, just no. Nah, we can't feed. We can't feed those trolls. Uh, no, no, no. Yeah. They're being serious. Like James Robinson's a really interesting one because he's like undrafted, you know. But it's an interesting one for two reasons. Number one, he's rushed for I think it's the same number of touchdowns that Connor's rushed for this season, but he's rushed for over 130 yards more. Yeah, they're both got the same number of touchdowns. But. Given and like there's potential injuries for like the top offensive linemen there in Jacksonville, given the Steelers need to get, uh, even after last week, which was an improvement, the rush defense correct, this would be the week to do it against a undrafted rookie running back 
who absolutely we could stack that box to a certain degree and absolutely put him under pressure and, and force him to prove how good he is. So there is a bit of an opportunity there. Here's one for you. Vinny's going to smash him. Like, do you think, I, I always think in the players, like, you know, they football talent and stuff like that. But you've got to think, like, what they're thinking in their heads. Like, Vinny loves to hit people, and he, he wants to show his force. Like, I'm a better player than you, Robinson. That's correct, right, isn't it, Robinson? Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to smash you, put a hat in a hat. I'm going to take control of this defense, and you're not going to move the football. And once that happens, Ken Luton direct the football around where he's getting key third downs, which Joe Barrio couldn't do last week. And how good is that? We are talking about our secondary a few weeks ago. And, no, and they're not what, zero out of 13 times. They couldn't um, convert a third down. So this will be a very similar game unless I think if the crowd gets into it or if the Jags are super pumped up like Dallas. Dallas played a great game against us uh, until, until the end and Gilbert was like came out of nowhere. So they've got to come. They've got to come out firing. I think to be up seven seven zero and put pressure on us and 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 key downs and do some spectacular things to make us question our ability because we know what we're going to do. We're going to stop the run, force him to pass, pick him off. And that, that's the that's the game. I think. Yeah, yeah. It's that's it. It's about the pressure. But in thinking about the Jags this week. And that's something that I talked to you a little bit with you about off air. Jags are one and eight, right? I went and had a look at what they're spending this year because I find the Jags, I sort of had this thing sitting in my head. And I thought, the Jags are one of those teams where they're crap for a couple of years. Well, not very good, part of my language there. Is that our first swear? <laughs> not pretty well. <laughs> <My thing. laughs> The Jaguars struggle, struggle for a couple of years and draft a bunch of young guys in, which they're sort of in that cycle at the moment. And then, they, then they're a challenger for a couple of years, like what we saw in 2017 where they you know, made, made the Steelers pay. And they go through this cycle again, and we've seen that this year where you know, they lost Ngokwe, they lost you know, um, Calais Campbell, they lost a couple of other players as well, brought in a couple of guys. But what I thought was quite interesting is that I wondered sort of at one and eight, you've got to be doing pretty poorly in a number of different positional areas. So I had a look at what they were spending in terms of the salary cap, because I often, when you do go through this and, and any of the fans out there that sort of have read a couple of the articles that I published prior to this, that were published prior to the season that I wrote from behind the circuit, now I'm a bit of, I've got a bit of interest in the salary cap. So I had a little look and the Jaguars are $25 million under the cap this year. Right? That's, that's quite a bit of money. Pittsburgh still is currently about six. The, the Jaguars are spending on offense just a tick over $60 million a year and just a, and about $65.5 million on defense and about six on special teams, right? The Steelers are spending over $80 million on offense and over $96 million on defense, and I think they're a tick of four and a half on special teams off the top of my head. So... When I then looked at the positional spending in the NFL, how's this, Mark? So they're 32nd in quarterback spending on the quarterback position, which makes sense, but they don't have a better in there, so they've got the two down ones. They're 28th in spending on the running back position. They're 27th in the wide receiver position. 
They're 21st in the tight end position and 18th for the O-line. They've got two fairly highly paid O-linemen in Norwell and Linda. That leaves them 30th in the NFL for spending on offense. On the defensive side, they're 28th for interior defensive line, 29th for the edge rushers, 11th for the linebackers, which is pretty much made up by Miles Jack, who's not having a great season for them. They're 30th at the safety position, and they're 18th at the cornerback position, again leaving them 30th in the NFL for spending on defense. It's no wonder that the team are one mate. There's not a positional group here that's offering those rookie quarterbacks or the rookies on defense or the young guys on defense an opportunity to develop and actually take a game and put an opposition under pressure. Well, here's a question for you, Matt, and I think you might have a good answer for this. And we did a little bit of a segue into the Bengals last week, but what what are the Jaguars waiting for? They have all this money, like. And they can't win games this year. Shouldn't they have went out and done a big free agent signing or someone who can lead their team to victories or some sort of positive movement? What are they, what are they waiting for? Well, your guess is as good as mine. But how about this? We talked about a couple of players that are left. This is what they've got in dead money, right? So this is money counting against the cap for players. Nick Foles is costing them $19 million this year. Leonard Fournette's costing them $6 million. Telvin Smith's costing them $5.6 million. AJ Boyer's costing them $4 million. Marquise Lee's costing them $3.5 million. Marcel Darius, Darius is costing them $2.5 million. Players Campbell's costing them $2.5 million. And that's everyone over $2 million. But there's a bunch of other players there. They've got $50 million in dead cap. So they're pretty much forced to have a year off because they have to play all the young bucks. Is that what you're saying? To a, to a degree. But, but equally, like... I think they are clearing out and looking at what the next sets of future free agency look. And equally, what's quite interesting for them next year is if the salary cap takes a cut and they've got a bunch of rookies, they've got a bit of money then to acquire a couple of trade. Like, I mean, I don't presume he'd want to go there because he wants to go to a winning team. But what if they offered Bud? What if they offered to pay Bud to break the bank? You know? Uh, I could see Bud doing great things down in uh, Duval. Uh, for sure, he'd be the leader of the defense, and you can you can work around that. Outside Miles Jack, they've got Schubert yeah. there at the, in the line exhibition as well. Like you know, next to Clavion Chase on James Josh Allen, you know, like that. Hey, that starts to look like it's pretty that decent does, yeah. defense, right? Put, put Bud in there, and you've got because Bud is his own wrecking machine anyway. Takes up that one spot. Uh, as an edge defender, and you've got Josh Allen, who's a, uh, is he rookie this year or rookie last year? Uh, Josh Allen's rookie last year, I think he's his second year in the league. Yeah, so, and like we saw with Bud and other players, even TJ, it takes a few years, and this is like, you know, fans just got to realise that these players take a, can take two, three, four years to develop, but what the Jaguars did was give them one year, two years, and then ship them all out. But, um, but, but they've, yeah. got the money, they've got the money to pay Dak, Let's say Dak doesn't re-sign in Dallas. Like, and I know I'm being a little bit cheeky here, like listeners, but but there is a there is an element to here of sort of saying that Jacksonville have an op- like there's a bit of opportunity here for this team. And equally, if the Steelers don't punish them this week on the scoreboard, that like we, we should. The reality is we should. I, I kind of see what you're saying. So if they were to because Dak's going nowhere in, in cowboy territory. 
and he's still got to figure out his left leg from his right because they both look similar at the moment. Uh, that's a that's a little bit of a joke, but that's <laughs> in, injury aside, that's pretty bad. Um, yeah, but what if yeah, what if Dak went down to Duval? Like, yeah, that's a that's a you're making me think here at the moment. Well, what a, about what about a Sam Donald? You know, like what if what if the Jets move on? From, uh, all I'm saying is that there is some there's some decent players on the Jags, and all and they they I think they're playing worse football than what we think they are. And I know like last week for listeners out there, you probably heard me talk about the Bengals and that how they're an improving team. You're sitting there going, the Steelers are still going to win. But like, like the reality is the Jags have lost the last two games by a total of less than six points. They won in week one by three points. They lost in week two by three points. Like they're not, they're not losing by massive scores each week. Can we talk about how bad Green Bay played them? That's pretty bad. Come on, man. That game with uh, Rogers in his own stadium with no fans got super cold and all the COVID stuff, but they he didn't play a good game versus the Jaguars. Or oh, the Green Bay is meant to be a great team and like, you know, beat them by a hundred, but they just didn't play good football. Mark, Mark, it's okay because Aaron Rodgers is resting his arm from when Ben retires for the Steelers <laughs> fans that want Aaron Rodgers at quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, he won't get it. No way. I don't, I, no, I'm, not I'm sure revving you up. I'm revving you up. But in <laughs> all seriousness, previewing this week's game, um, who, who on the Steelers side, who, who's this, who are the Steelers players that are going to make a difference that you, from your end, Mark? I reckon, again, and it was said throughout a couple of shows this week, I reckon Claypool. Yeah, I think this is the mid-season um, form where we see how well he's playing with two TDs last week. He's going to break a big one soon. Big Ben's going to test him. They've been uh, working together so well. There's no reason that he can't get two again this week or one or uh, a rushing TD. And there was even a joke I think I saw in the live chat in one of the um, BTSC that he might be able to throw a pass. Yeah, Apple <laughs> is starting to play some good football like a lot of the uh, rookie receivers are because they're getting into what ten weeks, eleven weeks now. It's almost it's almost a college season, so they're getting to their form. Um, I don't see him letting up, and I, I, see, I see him doing some great things. And I would not be shocked. It wouldn't shock me if Claypool had eighty yards, hundred yards, two TDs, and we're, we're winning by a lot. Well, I agree with you purely from the perspective of I don't see who in their secondary is going to be able to stop Claypool, Juju Smith-Schuster, tongue-tie there, Mm -hmm. um, and Deontay Johnson, let alone James Washington, throwing the mix a couple of passes from Connor. Because the only names that really really sit there and I go, oh, Sidney Jones had a couple of years in the league, he's all right. CJ Henderson, really well, you know, drafted rookie. He might want to be number one or number two off the top of my head. Trey Herndon, they've got their everyone else's quite no name sort of style. I, I just see the Steelers wide receivers running rampant. Well, that's a great point. I want you to to allude that even more because I was going to ask you this question in my notes of all notes I've got down here. My terrible handwriting. <laughs> but, but who scares you on the defense to stop these fellas? Like okay. honestly, who scares you? Yeah, and that's that's an interesting point. Um, for all those savvy monitors of Australians in the NFL, I don't think it's going to be Adam Gotsis, who is an Australian that plays um, that plays on the Jacksonville team. I think I wouldn't say scares the wrong word because I don't really see it. Don't be surprised if Clavian Chase makes a play 
I think he's having a tougher season than an adjustment than what he might 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 have expected coming into the NFL. But I think where unlike a lot of teams that I think the Steelers have faced, in my opinion, I think they're quite strong at the inside linebacker position because you've got Miles Jack there, you've got Joe Schubert, and you've got. Um, Carmel Correa, who I know is a bit of a favorite for bad in terms of, you know, someone that the Steelers could have acquired and he can play inside and outside. So equally, you know, we talked a little bit about Josh Allen there in the defensive end position and what have you. But I think this pairing between Miles Jack and Joe Schubert, who was all at Cleveland. So Steelers fans might remember mm-hmm. him at Cleveland. Yep. He's not a, he's, he's quite a good inside linebacker that could create a bit of a bit of a headache for the Steelers, which I'm sure they could, you know, pop pop a bit of medication and get through it. But where that you've got a decent linebacking core, particularly in the middle there between Joe and Miles Jack, who both can sort of play outside as well and rush the quarterback, they're going to do well to be able to stop or they're going to be better placed than what Steelers fans might think to stop some splash plays either in the run or in the passing, that sort of short passing as well. So we're going to have to be on our game when it comes to passes to the tight ends. We're going to be out. This O-line has to start creating some holes that allow the running backs to go into space. So for me, I wouldn't necessarily say it's about being scary, but I do think that they will put the Steelers under a bit of pressure or the Steelers might take a little bit longer to find their feet than they might have against the Cincinnati Bengals last week, despite the differences in the records. Do you know the only thing that scares me is our play calling with Randy, with Randy Land because that will give the Jaguars yeah. an idea to be great and to, to capitalise on that first, second, third drive, uh, those few drives that we just do screens and awful plays that are like, what are we doing? But, but, other than that, it's all right. Yeah, and I think it goes back to though what we were saying just before, like, how many touchdowns has Luton got in them? Because if it's a shootout, like Ben's winning that one. Equally, when I look at the teams that like the Jacksonville Jaguars had to face, if you look at what the Steelers were doing from a rush defense earlier this season, well, let's put the last couple of games mm-hmm. aside. James Robinson has not necessarily had to run into as good a rush defense as what the Pittsburgh Steelers have got, or a defense that's getting hit you so damn hard. Because the reality, the reality is there that like their best rushing yards game came against the Titans, which the Steelers did quite well against, you know, and then against the Chargers. Everyone else, they've kind of struggled a little bit, you know. So in the last two weeks, we've only just broken 100 yards. I would expect the Steelers, and in fact, perhaps that's my bold prediction this week, I think the Steelers' mm-hmm. rush defense is going to hold the Jacksonville Jaguars to under 80 yards rush, rushing this week. That, under that's 80. my Under 80. I think I'll hold them to under Right. Do you care to make that lower and more interesting? Because my bold prediction is a very bold one this week. Do you want I'm to down, Mark, I'm down 6-4 on the season <laughs> for my bold prediction. So, so I think I'm going to go a little bit conservative this week, but I think it will be under 80. I do think it will be under All right, fair enough. Because you know Vincenzo is going to get back there and knock him back five yards anyway. So uh, I might as well give you a point for that because I want to see that. I want to see that happening anyway. Are we going to mine this week as well? Yeah, go for yeah, it. Yeah, okay. So I'm thinking this week is the week that Jake Luton and the offense, somehow the Steelers get a safety. Yeah. We haven't had one for a long time. They get backed up. Uh, mistakes happen. 
with your rush defense, they're on their on the back foot. Get a safety, changes changes the game a little bit for momentum. And yeah, I'd just like to see that happen. Just put a bit of pressure on, get this, you know, free two points. Um, maybe Ray Ray runs it back out after that. But yeah, I want to see a safety happen. Yeah, well, we've only had one on the season so far. So yeah, really, only one. Only one. That was Derek. That was Derek Watt. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm having mental blank on what game was that against the Broncos? I honestly can't remember. Oh, I'm trying to. Yes, it was it's too hot to think, man. It's way too hot to think. It is. It's getting. Stop. It's getting very sticky. <laughs> it's getting really sticky. Don't but, make us think, Jesus. Uh, yes, I think it's. I think it was against. I'm going to say it's against the Denver Broncos, and probably got some heat in the Slack channel after that. But um, but yeah. But look, Mark, as always, we you know we like to sling the slang a bit during our shows, and we like to hear you know, different people slinging the slang and, you know, just as Ben slings the rock, we like to sling Aussie slang. So what's your slinging the slang for this week? Well, I thought I'd go off the um, Jaguars quarterback because I've caught him about, you know, several different names. And I'm trying to think how we would put the Jaguars quarterback with the Aussie slang name, like if I was one of his mates or um, something like that, or if we were watching the game over there. And I'm thinking the way we would say Luton would be, you know, Jakey boy Lutes. That's what I would say to him. We'd be like, where's Jakey boy? What's Lutz doing? You know, you have to put that, that bit of slang on it. And uh, I still want to see Jakey Boy hit the dirt and uh, we get TJ four sacks or, yeah, make his, make his day in Duval a really hard time. Nice. My sling in the slang for this week is Battler. What? Battler. <laughs> Battler? Oh, Battler. yeah. So in Australia, Battler is like someone that works hard but, Oh, this is one definition. Someone that works hard but only just makes a living. Someone that's always got to overcome hardship. I think when we're describing the Jacksonville Jaguars this week, whether it's their youth across all football departments, lack of spend, amount of dead cap money spent on great names that are seeing other people. Well, at one and eight, you're certainly battling. Battling, you're a bunch of battlers. That's my, that's my sling in the slang for this week. The Duvel battlers. The Duvel battlers. The yeah, Jayville Battlers. That's that's a good one because that's what their fans are. I'm not even sure how many Jacksonville Jaguar fans there are, but sure, there's some diehards. And yeah, the, you know, every, every every day or every game, you got to show up. This is what the NFL is, uh, and I'm sure the teams on so they're praising that team. Yeah, they're they're playing hard, but they won't win. I don't think they'll win. No, 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 no. Well, I was right, Mark. I've just looked it up while you were while you giving your same slang. It was against the Denver Broncos. Derek Watt safety. Yeah, there you go. Well, I've, I've actually forgotten about that. So hopefully, do you think the safety be made on special teams or defense? No, I'm thinking on defense. I'm thinking that Jake uh, Jakey Boy Lutz will make a mistake, or the running game will somehow stuff up, and yeah, too much pressure, and there will be a safety there. Uh, yeah, and I think if you're going to come through like that, I oh, I don't know. I feel like it's a TJ Watt. It's a oh, wouldn't that be good to see? Yeah, 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 oh, yeah. That's, that's you know what I prefer though from to strip it and get be a t- defensive touchdown. You want a TD out of it? Oh, right? a TD out of it rather yeah. than safety. That's what I. That'd be pretty cool. If only you get both, eh? Oh, that's you, it. You can't though. No, it's definitely yeah. It's going to be so exciting to watch, and we've just got to keep going. So, Mark, something that you like to do each week that we get a bit of a laugh at is you try and put me off with something a little bit funny. Right. Yeah, <laughs> you, you listeners, you can't see this. He's got a massive grin on his face right now. I got a question for you this week, and this is the this is the hard question of the week. So we close out the show with a tough question: Who has a better mo, Gardner Minshew, or the one that I'm rocking right now, 
I gotta say it's you at the moment, Matty. Oh, like it's just so like like uh, it's only been going eighteen days as well. Yeah, but what the listeners can't see because we're on an audio platform. I might have to share a photo on my Twitters, which is oh, my be... Twitter handles at Matt Pev M A T P E V. I'll put one up. I'll put one up after the show. It's pretty solid, but there's a point where in between like the top part of the mo. And the bottom, there's a, like a uh, a gap, and it goes blonde for a little bit, a bit like the old Hogan, Hulk like Hogan. Hogan. Yeah, I know. It looks similar. Blonde patch. I don't understand. Yeah, so it's definitely coming in. But I saw it last week, so it gave me a bit of an idea what it was going to look like. But I think you still need to maybe go clean shaven on the sides. So yeah, no, really no, I've there. got a bit of stubble there. I'm going to do that. I'll, uh, yeah. I'll give it a shave <laughs> and put it up after the shows. So. But like even, even with Minshew, like he was, oh, I never, I don't think he was going to be a breakout star. But there was so much hype behind him yeah and now the Jaguars haven't even got him so yeah it's going to be a different game and if if Jacob Boyd Lutz can have a go I'll be very shocked well he and you know what like I saw that highlight where he had that uh rushing touchdown you know in, in that debut game um for him you know his first start and you know, he's not a bad he's not a bad quarterback but the reality is he's a six-round rookie quarterback going up against Ben Roethlisberger the exactly, yeah. it's, that's it there's two things here like I said in the, in the start of the show He's going. He's versing Big Ben, which is hard enough, and he's versing an elite defense. It's very hard, very hard. This is crazy. Now, I don't want to ruin your predictions. So, as usual, we, we put our predictions into the staff article, and you can find that on behindthesteelcurtain.com. But, Mark, give us an insight into where you feel, what will be the rough points margin difference between the two teams this week? The point mark will... The point margin will be above 20. Above 20. And that kind of gives mine away, but yeah, it's a, the Jaguars got to come out on fire and they've got to have ownership for that stadium. I think the home ground is, is big in these NFL games and they just won't with the Steeler Nation down in uh, Jacksonville County down there. There's such, I remember seeing on Facebook a few years ago, they had big parties down there. Um, they always, they always bring their A game for those games. It feels like a home game. Uh, and this is one that's, I don't think it's a trap game. I think we'll, we'll play normal football. Might be a little bit struggle at the start, but Big Ben will come out and swing and, yeah, he'll, he'll take care of this game. I don't see them losing. No, no. Well, I completely back you. Completely agree. It'll be 20 plus. It'll be 20 plus. What, what do you have before we, before we wrap up? Do you, yeah, uh, I had it. I had in the 20 plus. I had about in the 20 plus. Do the Jaguars score or? Yes. Okay. Well, okay. All right. <laughs> Listeners will have to check out the articles <laughs> on mindstillcurtain.com. The co-admins will be really happy that we're sprucing that and they can get some clicks, you know, yeah. so. Oh, it's a good yeah. one. I, I love seeing, I love seeing all the uh, different opinions and actually how, you know, how, how we write and, and see how our team's going to go. It's a great article. That's one of the ones I love to, to share and look at for sure. Me too. Me too. And there's a couple of really cool articles coming out um, over the next couple of days. So stay tuned. But listeners, that wraps up this week's this week's episode of Steelers or two part two part episode of uh, Steelers Touchdown Under. As always, thank you so much for listening to us. We love coming to you live, even though we record on our Friday nights. As you know, we come to you and you know, we record in the future, depending on what part of America you are. It might, it's about thirteen to fourteen hours, and you know, we love joining you with all the different things you might be doing on a Saturday with you traveling to and from an, an event or work, or whether you're doing stuff around the house or you know, you might be at the gym. I know some people like to listen to BTSC around the gym, whatever it is that you're doing. We do really appreciate you taking the time to listen to the show. 
appreciate all the love that we're seeing in some of the different chats as well and some of the other podcast shows and what have you. So, look, really thank you for that. But as always, if you're struggling to get hyped for this week's game, it is against the 1-8 Jacksonville Jaguars. Just think, your Pittsburgh Steelers could be 10-0. and 0. There is so much content from this week that recaps last week's game, that's previewing this week, that's, you know, there's retro shows going back to the Steelers' history. There's shows focused on where the Steelers might be heading for the rest of the season. What do they need to fix starting this week that would put them in good stead for the playoffs and on a Super Bowl run? Go back and listen to it all. Know Your Enemies with Jeffrey Bendick, Michael Beck. The preview shows with Jeff Hartman, Brian Anthony Davis, Dave Schofield. You know, the even the preview show with Bad and KT Smith. That's a good one. I've been listening to that the last couple of weeks, particularly religiously, and that's been a really nice one for me. So go back, listen to all those shows. If you missed out on part one, go back and give part one. Listen, it isn't just about the Bengals. There's a bit of, bit of discussion about where the Steelers are being sort of covered currently. But, yeah, thanks so much for listening. Mark, close it out. The storm's coming. Here we go, Steelers. Go, Steelers.